Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a community space to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about. I'm Barthi Rupani, and this is my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sherry Arathachin. And in each episode, we'll be unfolding a sharp taboo topic, exploring a variety of perspectives, and finding a new relationship to it. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Hey, Parthi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, this, this voice, this third voice you're hearing today is Byron Go. Um, Byron, why don't you um, tell us who you are and uh, the topic we're talking about today? Oh. <laughs> Big question. That's on. That's on. Me. I thought you're the professionals. Here. Your show. You're, you're, you're like. We want it in your is. words. I see how this goes. You're like, let's just invite people and then they'll talk. We'll just hang out. It'll be great. Um, I'm. Um, uh, what am I? Who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm. I guess I'm more qualified than most to to share about that. But. Um, uh, I'm not much of a follower of, of uh, like, I'm not an ardent proponent of astrology, but like, you know, like it, it seems like easy to tell people, like a lot of people seem to understand when I tell them that I'm a Pisces mm-hmm. and that like questions like, who are you seem like, are like really like just daunting, like infuriating questions kind of thing. <laughs> um, and also that apparently with my Capricorn moon and rising, whatever that might mean to <laughs> to somebody who's out there like that um that i i I mean it does it aptly describe that i want to bring i do have this deep desire to bring a sense of of um meaning and and not even order but like a Mm -hmm. sense of like understanding and structure to that which is depthless and infinite and internal and so i think i live in this like really like timeless yet consistent tension um all the time as I go through life, like, cause I'm like seeking to like, look for things that are like, you know, uh, inherently like infinite, um, you know, things like love and, and humanity and, um, and meaning, and then trying to, um, figure out ways to, you know, bring them into, into like, a like a vibrant meaning in front of us, like something that's human, something that's chewable, something that's shareable. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I like, I'm an immigrant, you know? So like um, I grew up, um, I, I was born in the Philippines. Um, and then we moved to the States when I was two. Um, I'm Chinese um, sort of by my heritage, you know, like, you know, just a couple of generations ago, you know, my, my grandparents <clears throat> emigrated from China to the Philippines. So I'm like multi, whatever that is, national, multi-generationally international. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and then I grew up here and then I grew up in America, grew up in LA. And, um, and I think like, I, I think that's important to mention partially because that's, I think, how, you know, the, the context of these conversations is that that kind of identity. Um, but also because um, it's like a really active 
part of my sense of discovery right now and my sense of like the deathless and the infinite and trying to bring meaning and trying to bring these things into a human scale. Um, yeah. So yeah. what was that second thing you asked? You said, who am you I kind and of, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's your, what's your topic? But I think you kind of, you started to cover it with your, with your, um, with your heritage yeah. and your lineage. And I'm curious, like, um, you know, yeah, I guess what would you say is the thing we're exploring and unfolding um, here today? Yeah, I mean, something pop, popping up in my mind is um, that, uh, the, you know, that's just sort of popping up there to be said is that, like, I've spent my entire life, I think, trying to ask what isn't being said. I think mostly because, you know, back in the day, some of my earliest memories are like having questions that it didn't seem like anyone around me, including my parents, could answer or were qualified to answer. And so I started asking questions. And um, and I think like particularly in this moment in time, in this intersection of different sort of cultural awakenings, what I'm really asking about that hasn't been said is like... Um, who who am I and in in the context of culture and heritage you know I've done a lot of like introspection about like me as a um somebody who was raised male and me as an American or whatever but there's like all these other questions that I'm just beginning to discover that other people also have had answers to and have had experience in so um that like a does that make sense i can't tell if that made sense or not (laughs) yeah yeah so um what i'm hearing is like i guess the question from there is like what are the other questions that are um like that are you know if you've talked about you know who you are as american who you are as a man Mm -hmm. like what are the questions now um, I mean, they're, they're sort of like, they're really contextual. I think, you know, um, who else is like me? Mm-hmm. What are those, the things that are, that I consider to be mine that are shared, you know, that are cultural? Like, what is that culture anyways? I'm part of like, theoretically, I'm part of all these cultures, but all I really know is kind of what um, was right in front of me and, um, and like what I saw in the media. And I didn't see a whole lot of me in the media. So I'm kind of just sort of, so I feel, so there's this feeling of being um, out of context, basically, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just trying to like build that context. Like what, um, who else shares these identities? Um, what are things that, that, that I might then discover about myself from them? What might they discover from me? Um, and then also beyond that, what is mine? Like, who am Mm -hmm. I in all of that? Does that make sense? It's like kind of like this like slow spiral inward of like deduction. Like if it's, Oh, okay. That's not, that's like, Oh, cool. Like that's not just me. Um, Oh, this is what makes me kind of unique with all those things, you know, and just um, finding meaning and all of that. Right. That makes sense. Um, it's, uh, it's almost as if you're also discovering what you've left unsaid. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is like, um, you know, people talk about there's like this like 
you know, there's, there's a there's a fun like anecdote of like what we do know we do know and everyone knows what they do know like we, we do know we do know like you, you make like a little like like uh two crossed lines on like a whiteboard and you're like this is the realm of what we do know we do know this is the realm of what um we do know that um that we don't know right like and what are some examples of that well i don't know how to fly a helicopter great that's something you do know that you don't know and then usually the big reveal is what you don't know you don't know right like that's like the big like oh my gosh there's so many things that i don't know i don't know it's a world full of possibility well i spent like the last however many years looking at the other quadrant which is what we don't know that we already do know you know like what are the things that we were taught to forget about ourselves the things that we were taught weren't things like that wasn't a thing like that's not important that's not valuable um like what are the parts that there are there to remember about ourselves because i feel like honestly that's like the best resource that we collectively and individually have at our, at our disposal because we don't even have to try to learn it like from scratch. Like we just, we just need to remember, it. you know? Um, so I think that that's, that's that, that discovery. It's like, what am I even, what do I even realize that I already do know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what do I even realize that is, is Chinese about me and mm-hmm. Filipino about me? you know um yeah yeah I got like um this image of well like I don't know like um like a play-doh you know that some bunch of clay and and it's been formed by a particular mold but there's Mm. parts inside of that clay that are different color different texture and then you just open Mm -hmm. the mold and you change the mold into something different. And then this other part gets to be expressed that wasn't Mm -hmm. getting expressed before. Like it was always there or something was always there. And it sounds like letting, giving it space for expression. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I I grew up like, I learned to be a, I learned to be a scientist um, early on. And so I've been trying to like, I think of proteins and conformations and how they change and like how they have to fit in these really intricate ways. And I find that that's a like that that's really great if you understand what I'm talking about and like a really hard subject to broach if you don't like if you never like took molecular biology it's like <laughs> uh, I don't know what else in the world is like this but it's like that. yeah yeah but like it feels like that there's just all these different shapes that we can be mm. um, and that different things bring it out of us we change shape to the things that are around us um, mm. so yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to get to a, maybe the quote beginning um, of mm. like, when did this start unfolding or unfurling in a way mm. that you were like aware of it, you know? Um, yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so it felt like a really organic journey right like just continually Mm -hmm. asking questions but I think there was this you know there's that like in the Terminator or whatever it's like the computer became self-aware you know Skynet or whatever it is it's like I think at some point um, maybe about 10 years ago was when I was like there was I was still inside of that white culture paradigm of like 
what am I meant to do here? And what am I passionate about, et cetera? And those things are real, but they're not all that's there, right? They're just, those are like individualistic. They're like pointed just at me. They're like, you know, they, they assume that we're all kind of, that we're all on the same page, we being like all the humans, you know? Um, and I, I had like kind of given myself enough time with those to feel like, um, okay, I don't have those answers like fully formed yet, but I'm, but those are, but I'm chewing on them. And then there started to be more and more questions about um, the context that I even had those questions or answers in. And some of those contexts were like, the first one was about my maleness. You know, um, one of my, a, a friend that I um, refers to it, refers to us as PAMPs, person with access to male privilege, right? Like, because it's sort of this easier way to, to talk about maleness. Um, it's not so much about my identity as a male, but sort of like what I was able to experience or didn't have to experience because of that. And so that was like the first realm of like, wow, I get to experience the, the world in a really different way than the people who don't have this privilege and asking those questions like, whoa, what is, wait, your life is like what? Or like, this is what you do every night, or this is how you communicate with your friends, or this is what you do to keep yourself safe. So that's like, I think that was like the awakening moment of like um, starting to look at myself in the context uh, more of in the context of like the people around me and how we were different. Um, and, and then it's only just been the last few years um, that that has gotten to evolve into my experience of my own cultural heritage, um, my, um, you know, my experience of race, you know, especially, I mean, obviously, especially in the last year with the murder of George Floyd, um, and sort of the, not, I don't want to call it the popularization, but the, the mainstreaming of the conversation around, um, around, you know, like systemic racism, particularly in America specifically, um, and across the world. Um, but I think that was one of the big issues was like, you know, when people are like, when I think, when I think about it, I remember maybe what three years ago or something watching um, a show on Netflix um, called Marco Polo. And it's not a particularly like great show. Um, and by the way, you might hear some noise in the background. There's a, there's a person who's speaking loudly and I'm okay. under a bridge. All right. So yeah. And I'm under a bridge. So it's echoing. And so you okay. might hear some echoing. Coming out. Thanks. Um, but anyways, yeah. So um yeah, Marco Polo was this like, like I was like, I don't even like this show isn't even great. It's kind of like these shows like Rome or like, you know, whatever that are like Vikings or whatever that are about mm -hmm. a time and place. And you end up with these people that speak in British accents <laughs> to pretend like they're from an ancient civilization. Um, and and the big difference, though, was that those people also looked like me. They were of East Asian descent. They were like, mm. they're Korean, they were Chinese, they were from Singapore. Like these mm. actors were from, you know, from, you know, they, they, I could identify with how they might've been identified. Um, and I had never, and I didn't realize it until I watched like basically the whole thing. 
um, like how unique that was in my experience. I had never seen somebody who didn't not just look like me because I'd seen folks like that, but they were in foreign films, you know, they were in like Chinese martial arts dramas, you know, or like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or something like that, but they didn't, they didn't speak in English. And so I still didn't feel represented. They still felt foreign to me. And this is the first time I had watched something where I was like, oh my gosh, like um, here's somebody who, here are other examples outside of me that I can look at, which is, which to me was like my, like, it was like, I was, you know, in my late thirties, you know, it's like, yeah, how, like I had to wait till that long for there to be more than one character on screen at a time who was having a conversation with another character, you know, for me to be like, yeah, I could be that way. Or mm-hmm. uh, I don't like being that way. Right. Or like, wow, I think that person's really attractive and I like how they are, you know? Mm-hmm. So the entire life up until then had really been spent just sort of interpolating into um, making myself the same as the white people I generally saw on screen, mm-hmm. you know? Or, mm-hmm. which isn't me, like I am not actually them, you know? Um, so that was, so that was, that was like the big thing. And to this day, there's still like only like two or three other like shows to watch um, that are actually, yeah, that actually uh, do that. Um, For real. And, I, and then I, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, I like, about them with people. I, I remember the first time for me was like seeing Mindy Kaling on the cover of Vogue mm-hmm. um, yeah. in this like beautiful black and white photo that wasn't her in like traditional Indian clothes, right? right. Or yeah. it was just her like any other person in mm-hmm. America, right? Not yeah. specific to her as her ethnic background or her race. Right. Um, and that I was just like, whoa, that was way more powerful than, and I'm not like some big Mindy fan, you know, like I love no. her work, but it's, it's not that I was like, oh my gosh, there's another image mm-hmm. of Mindy. It was like, whoa, that hit so different, mm-hmm. like in a bodily way yeah. to, yeah. to see yourself or, or someone who looks like you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like being seen and rec- they're being seen and recognized, seen recognized yeah. as yes. a whole human, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's the whole human thing, right? It's like, not just like, you're like, yeah, it's not just, you know, because in the past it's like, oh, cool. You're a computer nerd. Are you, you Kung Fu? Mm-hmm. Awesome. You're, yeah. that's great. I know, you know, or you're like deeply awkward and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, or you're just this other third friend, but, oh, wait, no, like you're, you're angry and you're kind and you have a chip on your shoulder and you're deeply hurt and oh wow like i'm all those things like right it's amazing i can be any of these ways you know right yeah i think we um it's it's sad that we haven't had the opportunity to see shows and movies with this type of representation um You know, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Crazy Rich Asians, yeah, the movie, and like, you know, um, I, I forget the, I forget his the author's name, but when he was shopping the movie, he kept getting turned down every single 
production house kept turning yeah. him down because they they kept telling him no this movie is not going to be enjoyed like you're gonna waste all this money making this movie it's not gonna be a box office hit and look at the box office hit that it actually became where sure. within weeks he yeah. was able to sign on to create the next two movies yeah yeah no i mean that's and this is something that i've been you know like like that deeply interesting to me so just studying it too that phenomenon is so common mm-hmm. and it's like this limited the phenomenon of like no no there's no market for it and you're for, just like yeah. because you keep looking at the same people to exactly. sell this movie to when you don't and you ignore that there's like 300 million other people who don't exactly. want to watch your same hallmark movie you right. know and who want to see themselves like, i mean there's memes about it there's like literally like like literally i mean when i say hallmark movie i'm li- I'm thinking of a specific meme where there's like 24 <laughs> posters of a holiday yes. Hallmark movie in green and red and, and red and it's yes. a white guy and a white girl, you know, and it's like, yeah. and then there's one that's like th- this year they did one with a gay couple. Yes. Finally. Like, oh, yeah. Finally, right. It's just like, <laughs> but it's the same. And the point is not, they're not even good movies. They're right. so no. shitty. Right. But like, so like it's like when we get the chance to make like yeah we you've heard this before and maybe the people listening have heard this before but like it's so true like when we get the chance to make shitty movies then we'll know that we're being represented you know yeah when mm-hmm. it's yeah. like when we get the chance to be mediocre then like that's oh finally there's mediocrity which yep. means yes. that there's full there's full representation there's excellence and right. you know not and nuance and you yeah know. and it doesn't mean anything about us that no, right. something is yeah, mediocre exactly. or something is great exactly. yeah exactly it's not a representation of the entire of yeah. the entire culture well yeah i mean and that's the other piece of it too like i i feel like to make mindy kaling um paddle palatable in yeah. media they kind granted she writes a lot she's written a lot of her stuff but at the same yep. time, I do think that executive producers push her to play a certain role. Oh, and, for sure. You know, and I see this with um, our East Asian actors and actresses. I see this with our Black actors yep. and actresses as well. It's like you have to play a type, your typecast. Um, Kamal um, Nanjini. He's spo- yeah. Yeah. yeah, he speaks about this too. Like when he got the superhero role, how there was so much backlash. Like mm. he can't play a superhero. Why? Because he's Indian. It's weird. Why can't an Indian person be a superhero? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> there is a movie he did um, with Issa Rae. Oh, I love uh, that movie. It was really way. funny. It was really ro- so it was like good. a romantic comedy, like basic like yeah, it was so nothing special romantic yeah. comedy but it was because the two of them were in yes. that and were the leads and it was just like uh i don't know the last time i've seen a movie like this that you know like that isn't like two black people that the movie isn't marketed only to black people right and it's like yeah it felt like it maybe had a little bit of a wider market and a little bit of a wider audience yeah uh it was just um it, it yeah, it was. It's it's uh, I, just shocking. 
it, it is great. And it's, it's, well, it's just sort of like, on the one hand, it's like, wow, we have so far to go. And it's yes, like, yes. wow, like there's just a whole lot of opportunity out there. Like literally, like the bar is so low. Yes. To like do better. Because <laughs> it was just like non, because the bar didn't even exist before. I do want to say, I, you know, so now there's a bar and it's just like laying on the ground and we just step over it like we've done something. It's like amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Something's happened. Right. Um, but I do want to say, um, Kamel Nanjani is, is Pakistani. And yes. I think oh, that's, yes. That's Sorry. Yes. No, I, I just, you know, and I, the reason I know that is because I listened, I got to listen to, you know, during this pandemic, I got to listen to this podcast with his wife, Emily. They I did, did not podcast realize he had a podcast. Staying. Yeah. They, yeah, apparently they, yeah, called Staying Home. I think it's called Staying Home with, with Emily and Kumail. Mm. And they literally just started it with the pandemic and they did it for, I think, like 12 weeks before it stopped. And I never finished listening to it, but listening to them feels like, um, well, it was just really nice at the time because it just was like, oh, like I remember what it's like to hang out with people and talk with them mm -hmm. <laughs> like with other people you know like and they're like you know it, it felt like uh, hanging out at a dinner party with nice. two really lovely friends you know and right. talking about like what movies they're watching or whatever yeah. um you know and they just happen to be funny and 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 smart and awesome too i'll yeah. make sure to link to that somewhere in our episode description because um, sure, yeah. <laughs> I would want to check that out and maybe they could be a guest on our podcast one day for real I bet um, I'm actually curious before we go more into like where you're unfolding um, mm. or maybe it's it's related um, I'm thinking about like white adjacency and sort of the assimilation yeah. that we experience um, as immigrants or children of immigrants in this country and like what that now from your perspective in this moment, looking back at that, like, what do you see? What are what have you, um, I don't know, maybe it's like what compassion can do you extend to yourself or to others or, or what anger, like all, all what feelings maybe do we have? As yeah, what comes that? up? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was my experience of assimilation was so like, was so complete, you know, like it feels like that moment in the movie where, you know, it looks like every, like, you know, like, their identity is gone. You know what I mean? Like they've been converted into a whatever, a zombie or stone or, and then like the light shines through or whatever. And then like something gets rediscovered. Like it felt so complete. Like it felt like that moment and it didn't, and I didn't feel it like as a tragedy, it was like actually like my goal, right? That was sort of the tragic part of it was not only my goal, it was the goal of my parents, right? Not the, not the, the, the whole part where it was at the expense of my own sense of identity and heritage was sort of um, was a side effect, right? The, the, the intention, like the goal was for me to be able to, <clears throat> you know, to be successful. And to them that meant like being able to um, make my way and be responsible for me and, um, and like my family basically. And so in order to do that, they were like, well, you got to do these certain things, right? And like part of it was like, you can't, like they believed that um, 
I didn't know this until way later in my life, but you know, I wasn't taught Tagalog on purpose. My parents spoke it around me all the time, but I wasn't taught Tagalog specifically um, because um, there was the misapprehension, not just with them, but culturally, there was a misapprehension with many people that if you taught a kid a foreign language, they would have an accent. And they did not want me to have an accent. They wanted me to sound like all the other kids, mm. you know, and the, i.e. the white kids, right? I.e. the newscaster, mm. you know, they wanted me to sound like, um, like, like I was born here basically mm-hmm. so that they would, so that I wouldn't get um, discriminated against in the ways that they knew that they were getting discriminated against in the ways that they noticed. Right. And unfortunately, of course, it's a misapprehension because we don't actually gain our accents from learning other languages. We gain our accent from how we learn the language that we learn it, right? So if I had learned English in Scotland, I would have a Scottish accent. But because I learned English in Southern California, I sound like I'm from, you know, LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that was just one piece out of like, you know, layers and layers of pieces of just like, can you do this so that you can get by? And then mm-hmm. it's like sort of like this this multi, you know, like uh, this multifaceted landscape where on the one hand over here, I'm trying to do these things to do, you know, to, to get by and to succeed or to make my parents proud or or to, you know, to make friends or whatever. And on the uh, on these other landscapes, um, these other play, you know, these other fronts of, of my world, like I'm I'm giving up parts of myself to do that you know i don't see any so since i don't see any representation i don't see anyone that looks like me that i can you know look up to in any particular way um i stop reaching that way right and i start reaching more and more you know it's like when the absence of these nutrients over here i start reaching to something else to fill that in and those things are like assimilation so it's like, you know, I'm looking at magazines, I'm looking at, you know, and it's not just, it's not just racial, it's not just cultural. It's like, you know, a lot of the male stuff. Like I grew up, you know, I grew up on, you know, I was so excited when Maxim Magazine came out. I don't know if you know what Maxim Magazine is. Oh my Magazine God, is. yeah. I remember Maxim that. Magazine is like gear, uh, it's like gear, cars, uh, yeah. tech, girls, which, you know, of course, like great. So women are like my electronics. That's great. Cool. Stuff I can consume. No problem. Mm-hmm. That's it. Let's just objectify it all. And like, I'm just going to fill out the catalog of my life. But I was so excited because before that, I didn't even have anything. Like before that, there was GQ, which was nothing like me, right? Like I would definitely was not G- a gentleman, you know, like that was, <laughs> no, I was like, I was like 12 years old. Like I was, that's not my magazine. And then I was also like, um, and then I looked in the other direction and there was like maybe like men's health or something like that. And I was just like, I, I, I'm definitely not that guy, you know, mm-hmm. like I've never worked out a day in my life. So I don't know where to turn. And so I was like, so I was like reading Cosmos and stuff, you know, just to get some version of like something speaking to me because I didn't have blogs around me. I grew up before, you know, the internet um, was actually a thing. You know, I grew up when like phones were still attached to walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I didn't have all this access and I didn't have any examples. And so I just looked to where I could. And so I spent, and then so then in Maxim Magazine, it like showed up, you know, as a, as a thing. I bought it while it was still, ha- while, it, while it had to be imported from Britain. It's like $10 an issue. I had bought it. 
because I was just so hungry for any kind of example of like, how could I, how can I be, what are my options? Like, how could you be like a man in America? Exactly. Like, how can I be? Yeah. Like, how can I be like, what is appropriate? What are my, like, there were no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how can I fit in? How can I succeed? How can I be cool? Mm-hmm. Right. Like all those questions that had no answers because there were no, there was no, there were no role models mm-hmm. to tell me any of these things. Yeah. That's like incredible pressure, mm-hmm. invisible pressure of, mm-hmm. of assimilation. Um, and, and vacuum, right? right. It's like, yeah. that, it's that, it's the two together, right? There's a pressure yeah. on the one hand mm-hmm. and a vacuum on the other. And so you just end up over in whiteness because mm-hmm. it's yeah. the only, because it's like so much easier than trying to like, chip away at anything else right right and like find people who are like you now that you're making me I also grew up in in the time when phones were attached to walls and uh and like AOL might have been like the first access to internet when I was a kid and it was like but there was now I think about the world and Instagram and all TikTok and all of these other platforms that you can find a precisely who you are just about um sure and like how that, I don't know, I guess that's a good thing. Um, or maybe it's not, I don't know, but like that you can, it's, there's some scaffolding for you to like explore your identity yeah. a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, I'd say it's a thing, right? Like, is it a good, like, in a, you know, it's a thing, um, <clears throat> but whether it's a good thing or not, it's a tool, right? And it's like, I think like the, you know, the, those folks growing up with those things available to them mm-hmm. now have a whole other set of questions to ask themselves and a whole other set of things that they have to figure out. How do I discern what's real and what's not? Now I have all this information. How right. do I discern what's actually me and what's me trying to emulate mm-hmm. one of like, you know, 18 other versions of me that I think I'm supposed to be. Right. So they just have, they have a different crisis of choice. Um, but I think back in the day, you know, in your position or my position like we were like i like to say like you know we had like basically the kids menu version of life you know like we had like three things on our menu it was like always like hot dogs and chicken tenders like that's all we could choose you know and didn't even know like you know that was like you could order you know anything else you know, and it's like the menu of the world is like the cheesecake factory. It's like 47 pages long, but we don't know that. We're not allowed, you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my, that's my journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you feel like, you know, so that's like your journey and to where you are now, um, sure. you know, what is like, in this moment today tomorrow mm-hmm. what's um what's what are you still like what are questions you're still figuring out what's on you know what's still unfurling what's still yeah, yeah. and and uh and active yeah thanks for asking that that's um you know as you're at, like i think there's two it goes in kind of two main directions for me right one is one is inward um, and that one is like, um, I just recently, you know, I've been a nomad, um, incidentally, like, um, that wasn't like ever like, you know, my desire, 
Um, but that's just the way that I was able to go towards the things I cared about, towards the people I cared about was to be a nomad. And like, I just started renting a space, um, you know, like sort of a work art, you know, space. Um, and it's small, it's like nine by seven, but like, it's a space like people are like, well, what are you going to do in it? You know, there's, there's other folks that are in the space and they're like, they're painters or whatever it is. And I was like, I'm just going to get what's inside my brain, outside my brain. I just know that I've been packing stuff away, you know, in this culture of consumerism, we just end up consuming so much more than we can process. And I just want, I just know there's something there in me processing all the stuff that I have accrued over the years. And some of it's internally accrued inside of, you know, my psyche and my memories and whatnot. And some of it's externally accrued, like literally in storage, right? And so just going through that, like I know on the other end of that process, I'll have um, very least, there won't be anything stagnant in my life, right? Like I will have metabolized it all and I'll have either chosen it again or I'll have let, let it go. Right. So at the very least, there's like all this vibrancy there to like re um, to rediscover, um, to remember. Right. Um, so that's like one way that I'm headed toward myself. Right. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I don't really like so part of my part of like my probably like my trauma responses or ways of coping were that like I don't have the greatest. Um, my memory is really is pretty decent in context. But if I don't have a context for it, if you go like what happened? When you were five, I'm like, I have no, you know, like I have to start to build it up like five years old, kindergarten, you know. Um, and so like me getting to reprocess all of this stuff, mm -hmm. I think will bring up a lot for me. That was probably like just waiting to be rediscovered. Um, so that's the internal process that like I have kind of control over. And then externally, as I'm looking outwards, mm -hmm. um, I'm like seeking out people, right? I'm making it public, more public. This is my journey. Hey, if you want to talk about it, because maybe this resonates with you or you want to know more about this journey, let's do it together. Um, or you can talk to me about it or I'm a resource. And then also like, and that's maybe in different sort of capacities, but then also like in relational ones, like looking for people um, who aren't just people of color, not just, um, and not just people of East Asian descent, but also people like, you know, of all kinds, like who are immigrants and also people who, you know, grew up never learning to speak the language of their parents, you know, stuff like that. And like learning more through then these external, you know, reflections being like, oh, dang, that was you. That was me, you know. But I feel like by kind of shining the mirror inward and shining the mirror outward, um, there's like, you know, like it would be weird if I didn't end up triangulating on a whole lot more vivid angles of myself you know, along the way. So it's full time though, I'll tell you. Surreal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think about that too. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, I think about how um, part of my privilege and part of my access, mm -hmm. you know, part of like, for example, um, not having, not generally having to worry about my safety, physical safety, mm -hmm whether like it's systemic, you know, right. we could do to systemic violence or, or, or just interpersonal violence or like a lot of like my space. Um, I think about how other people may like don't have it. You know, I think about how, um, how much harder it would be for me to do this if I was 
you know, if I had to deal with the expectations that I see on the women around, me. Um, you know, and, uh, and I know I've, got, you know, and, and so I think that maybe like keeps me grounded and, and inspires me and also kind of centers me in how I want to contribute, you know, like how I want to be a part of collective justice work, you know, collective remembering and, and, um, re-humanizing you know yeah yeah it was um really resonating with with all of what you said and especially the like earlier the internal part of your journey and like what's what might come up um only because I'm exploring that myself now so I'm like thinking about our listeners who might be in a similar space in it like you said a variety of ways whether that's um facets of your identity or facets of your experience um Mm. like the language piece like i i understand my language but i can't speak it um Mm. which is interesting just from a brain perspective i think that's really Mm -hmm. interesting Um, (laughs) but um yeah so like um you know for people who are listening sure um what would you know maybe people who are resonating or there's something sparking for them or there's some light shining that you're providing. Um, what do you want to like say to them or um, advice that you might have or wisdom? Um, gosh, I mean, like, I don't generally want, like, there's not generally like uh I think wisdom is only wise in context, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise it's just like some other stuff somebody else said. Um, and, and so like, I, I guess if I'm talking, let's say I'm talking to myself. Right. Um, so I kind of know that context. I would, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, be humble, trust yourself, keep going, mm-hmm. find other people who, um, who, you know, trust yourself, challenge yourself, keep going, you know, find mm. other people who are also asking these questions, you know, um, because like, eh, and, um, you know, find me, if you want to find me, find other folks, um, and, and, and allow it, you know, it's like, give myself the, like, I've gotten to give myself this permission and I realize how it might be really hard for a lot of other people to, and I'm convinced, not even convinced, it's like, look at, like, it just makes, like, it just makes sense. Like, you know, people are like, well, what are you going to find out on the other end of it? I'm like, I don't know, but like, I'm doing stuff that's really hard to do in our society. Mm-hmm. That's really human. That's meaningful to some, like on some human level. Um, don't you think something like valuable, like something will come out of it that will make a difference, right? Like I don't have a goal with this, but I'm sure things will happen that are, that will make a difference. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't imagine this is like a fruitless trip of, of, uh, with, with no value. I'll go at the end of it and I'll be like, well, that was just that, you know? Um, Mm. and, and, and there's something about that, but that requires, um, some kind of trust, you know, that it is meaningful um, to, to know 
who I am. And I've, in the last like two days, I've said this, I don't actually know if it's in my lifetime, you know, that um, if it's, if, if it's up to my lifetime to, for example, um, go to the homeland of my heritage. Like I've never been to China. I don't know if that's what's going to happen this lifetime or not. It's not like I'm old, but like I, I have things that I know I'm up to. And I don't know if that's it. I don't know if part of that time, part of my time will be to connect deeply with my family, um, who I feel both loving with, but also distant from. Like if I feel like if I'm going to get to connect with my niece and nephew as they're growing older, I don't know if that's up to me or not, you know, um, but, um, but I'm open to it. I know it's all the same journey, you know, and I'm pretty clear that the one I'm on right now, this one of like kind of just chewing through the stuff internally and looking for the relations and the, and the relatedness externally. Um, I know that that's a part of the puzzle and I know that that's one that I can do and is right in front of me. Um, mm -hmm. And I would be super welcome to those other bards, you know, being a part of the journey, but I'm not going to force them either. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean that, I think there's some like, um, the integration and like moving closer to more wholeness, whatever that is for you yeah. as it comes over time that like then just that evolution of yourself and how you interact with the world and, and um, maybe what you create or maybe just the energy you provide wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that leaves um, that will be different and look different yeah. and feel different. And yeah. I honestly believe that that is um, like the more all of us are more whole and close to like expressing all, you know, the parts of us we want to be expressing um, yeah. and not suppress suppressing them, then the, the, like, it's just good for our, for people <laughs> in general, for the world, you know, it sounds so like, yeah. that sounds really idealistic and big, <laughs> but it's, it, it is to me very, very true. The more we're, whole to ourselves that you know and, and like what you said trusting ourselves um then we're going to be acting in wholeness and that will bring about what we need in the world yeah i mean it's real it's like yeah it sounds idealistic but it's very ground like it's very much like wouldn't it be weird if i went through this whole journey of asking these questions like with humility and seeking like uh, of myself and being kind to myself along the way and i ended up becoming more of an asshole um <laughs> that would be really weird that, that be would weird? be like, that would be like that would be so like so like i think like this will like i think it's good in, like it's, right. i think it's in general a good deal for the world do i know how that will turn out no of course not right. because like i'm over here and like that's way over there and the world will be different by the time i'm over there too you know um, but then that's where the trust comes in. It's like, you know, this thing seems like it sure, you know, it's like, it sure does seem like the world could use more, um, more fresh, fresh food, you know, and gardens. So like, I don't know, like, you know, but like, I feel like if we plant more, you know, nourishing things, that'll be good for people. Like, I don't know who I'm going to feed with them, but that seems like it's a good thing. Right. It's like, it's that kind of a sense of like, uh, of trust. It's not like, um, like a pie in the sky kind of like or like you know pollyanna kind of um you know or spiritual bypassy kind of trust mm -hmm. it's like very much like yeah no if i'm like kind to myself and others 
and challenging to myself along the way, um, that'll probably be good. Right. There's also like an element of, um, I don't know, like unpacking what your family has been through too. Um, I, I almost feel like as you're discovering yourself and reconnecting to the parts of yourself, you're going to have um, more of an understanding of maybe even like what your parents went through or what your grandparents went, had to deal with. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure the truth. I mean, I have a whole story about my mom and, and Nordstrom, mm-hmm. which is like a weird thing. And my relationship to Nordstrom, which is, you know, for people that don't know, it's like a, it's a department store, you know, <laughs> like, like, um, and, um, you know, and it's just like, and the reasons why she went there and like, cause it was like a big facet of my childhood and like kind of getting some context on why it was a big facet of my childhood, like thinking, realizing that, I mean, so this, this little vignette, right. It's like, uh, Nordstrom's was a company where that prided itself on like just, um, a gold standard of customer service where everyone that walked in was treated the same way that they were treated like they were like, you know, the like most important person in the room, like, you know, customers always write kind of thing. And everyone who worked at Nordstrom was empowered to do that with their customers um, in a really like specific, um, you know, way that's, you know, harmful in its own ways and blah, blah, blah. But like the way that affected my mom was we went to a lot of department stores, but she loved to go to Nordstrom's. And it's not until like I thought about it in context that I realized why. And it's because my mom, you know, moved to the States when she's like in her thirties. She's this little, you know, Chinese woman. Um, and she has, she speaks English completely fluently, but always notices that she has an accent and notices that she gets treated differently and is hyper aware of it. And in Nordstrom, she walks in and she feels like everybody else. She gets to feel mm-hmm. like she's belongs there. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't worry that she's going to sound like at one inopportune moment, have somebody like show her that she doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. And so of course she wants to go back because she doesn't even realize it, but it feels like home. Right. She doesn't even know that. And it's based around this like whole problematic construct of consumerism and capitalism and all that. But it but it doesn't take away from the fact that it feels good to be there. And thus thus she brings her son there with her and her son gets to know like these other people. And they go, hey, Rosie, how are you doing? And like, how's uh, how's your other son? And blah, blah, blah. She gets to have these very normal American conversations that we, I think, imagine everyone gets to have. That we think because we watch TV, right. like we know what those are. But she doesn't get to have because we moved to the States and, you know, she's not, she's, she's an introvert. She doesn't even know what that word is, but she's an introvert. You know, um, and so she doesn't go out of her way to go and meet people. And she also feels kind of awkward and vulnerable. Right. So like, so I just think of my mom, you know, I think of my mom 30 years ago, my mom, and I'm like, I have so much compassion for that woman who is just doing this thing. that's like, and and she's raising kids on her own, you know, because of a marriage that like, you know, wasn't what she hoped it would be. And it's like, you know, and she's just sucking it up and she's doing the best that she can and 
you know, and she's not doing it always as pretty as she'd like or whatever, you know, in the best way that she could. So yeah, it totally makes sense. And like, and that's just from, and that's just from freaking Nordstrom. Right. You know? Yeah. Like how many other stories are there? Like my, that my mom doesn't even think are important stories, mm-hmm. you know, because they're just like how she grew up because that's how she, you know, she's like, whatever. Like, why would you want to know that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just from just that singular thing, um, you know, it was such a, it was just, it's just like so much understanding for who my mom maybe like, and you know, me, I'm up and it's all projection, right? Maybe she doesn't think that way, but at the very least it brought me a sense of compassion empathy and understanding for somebody's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and then maybe a little bit more for my own. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's a, little, it's a little harder for ourselves. I think sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I like what like what Barthi was saying and what you just, you know, that this piece of, you know, we started talking about your inner journey and then added in this piece of like the healing that that might bring mm-hmm. um, and it, to tie it back to like this, the idealistic piece of like, it might change the world. I think it, it actually does because you're yeah. healing and when you heal, you're, you're healing. I like I, I don't know who told me this and I know I wish I could credit the right person, um, mm. the source of this, but it's like, you're healing, you know, seven generations mm-hmm. ahead of you, but also you're healing backwards too, to your lineage as well. Like you're doing work sure. that because you are changing and who you are as a person mm-hmm. um, is changing because you're healing and integrating. Um, so that's what came to mind as you were talking yeah. about that. I love that. Well, I, you know, like when I say like, it might not be up to me, like, you know, to go home to China and mm-hmm. to rediscover that part of my heritage, what I think of is, but maybe, but maybe it's up to my niece. Right. You know, like, I don't know. Or maybe it's not like, maybe it's the larger family of Chinese American immigrants right. who have come mm-hmm. through the Philippines. But, but I think of that, like, it's like, we all have different journeys. And the whole point of me doing this is so that um, I hope you know, that I can have experiences along the way that can then help other people not like be able to um, sort of, you know, gain of the wisdom of those experiences, but without having to um, go through all of those, you know, all of the missteps and mm-hmm. all of the searching mm-hmm. and all the mistakes. Um, and that I feel like is what community is for, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, like, so that, like, I don't have to become a woodworker in order to build something, but that I can actually go find somebody who loves woodworking and utilize the, the wealth of their experience to help me with my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I can go and do, you know, and like, we're just doing that maybe professionally, but also interpersonally. And then collectively, you know, that allows us to rise together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just getting stuff out of the way. I'm just trying to get stuff out of the way of other people. And, you know, I know a lot of people, yeah. And the, the, you know, the brain, like my brain is like, yeah, it's not so simple. You know, it isn't so simple. <laughs> um, There's like trailblazing, right? Like you're, you're, and it's not trailblazing. Like you're not the first one on this path. Like someone no. has helped you, right? The, even if it's been, you've had to seek it out and you're 
like amplifying that with the, the light that you found amplifying it for others and they'll take right. that light and keep making yep. it brighter right um yeah we have to start somewhere it's like yep yeah yeah well i think that that's the humility piece of it right mm-hmm. like we have to start somewhere and i got to imagine that where i started probably isn't the most perfect place right it's just where i'm started yeah. just if is. i'm humble yeah. about it then I can start to reorient in a way that's really helpful instead of just going down, mm-hmm. you know, my own like path of ego and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, um, without any other, without any other context. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's like, that's the main thing is like, that I ask myself is like, how do I know I'm doing something that's helpful instead of, cause I see a lot of people out there, white spiritual culture, you know, I was a coach. Oh, yeah. um, you just see a lot of people just navel gazing and you're like, that's not yeah. helping anybody really. Um, and, and, and I think that the big, the, the, like, that's always something to, to not be afraid of, but to like, really like challenge yourself with like Mm -hmm. who, like, what is, what is this in service of? Um, and then that's what community is also for to reach out to other people and, and not just ones who are like you and who think that you're cool, but other people and be like, am I full of shit? You know, and then yeah. to look at power dynamics around you and be like, yeah. am I actually on top over here, like staring at my navel, you know, and like, realize, oh, no, like, you know, and so in some ways, like, some of the stuff that I'm discovering is, is, um, you know, it's coming from that space of male privilege. I don't, that we don't need more of that in the world, right? Like, there's already enough airtime for that stuff. Yeah. But so that's why I'm I'm looking for the things that like, what isn't their airtime for? Where is there like this potential for liberation through permission and self-discovery? Mm-hmm. I love what you're pointing to. It's almost like challenging what um, I keep hearing these days, like, oh, we have to have safety so that people can like express all of the opinions. But what you're mm. challenging against is is it's not safety if we can't be liberated so let's have the difficult conversations oh yeah let's explore the difficult things the messy things and do it with tenderness like yeah. you know you, you know what i mean it'd be like well i'm dang um i don't want my kids to walk walking is really dangerous have you seen what happens when people walk it's like right. no, like you're gonna like there's the you, go, you they're gonna learn to walk. You're trying to do it. You're trying to help them out. Yes, they're gonna fall over, but hopefully they don't fall over and completely smash their face, right? You know, right. you're it's doing. Can we be tender with ourselves and tender mm-hmm. with each other mm-hmm. inside of these conversations? Mm-hmm. And that is that does not mean there is no room for anger and rage. Mm-hmm. Um, that those are the, the the space for those is in the anti. It's in the stopping of active oppression. Mm-hmm. Like it's like sorry, like there's no room to be tender here. That person's trying to burn down my house. Exactly. You know, like, I'm that's that's where there's like no stop. You know, so like and so then the, that's why context is so important. Mm-hmm. So many of the so many of the tenets of white spiritual culture um, are these like platitudes that mm-hmm. that are just completely out of context you know they're one-liners yep. mm-hmm. even if they're by like Rumi or Thich Nhat Tron or whoever like whoever yep. they're by they can still be taken out of context yep. um, and it's that's why you have to be put back into it so it's like sometimes you know um, 
you know, honestly, like sometimes like somebody like being present in the moment is bypassing. Yep. You know, sometimes, and sometimes somebody like, you know, looking for inspiration into the future is also totally bypassing too. And it really just depends on like what's, what's being, what's being ignored and what's being said and, mm-hmm. and, and who has the power. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, this is a whole other conversation. Yes. <laughs> yes. We could probably do another episode there. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so. Um. As we start to wrap up a little bit, is there anything that we've not touched that you want to make sure to share or anything that remains unspoken that you want to make sure that gets out? Um, it's totally okay to say no to. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really thinking about that. You know, there's different... There's definitely a lot of things I wrestled with along the way. Um, I think it's right. It has been said, but it bears being said again. I have, um, I have a lot of access and privilege. Um, and so like, I think like anything that you're hearing from me, it's like really like take stock of, of your own and, and then, and then give yourself grace in some ways or make yourself or, or, or challenge yourself to do better in others. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, um, and and I'm doing that like throttle on throttle off in multiple facets of, of how I present and how I'm treated in the world. Um, me, I'm making choices that I'm clear, um, don't really work for a lot of people. And, um, and I'm, you know, and, and and I, and so it's like really like asking people to look at themselves and like, just be like, well, what, where can I make those choices? And also like, where can I not, I mean, I guess just make it alive, you know, like, um, make this process alive. Um, it brings life back into all of us. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's lots to say, but like, I don't think that I have, you know, anything in particular, unless there's like maybe something that you've heard me say or not say that you're <laughs> curious about to finish up with. I feel, I feel complete there yeah. in this context, in this conversation, in this mm. topic. I think there's, I, we say this with just, I feel like every guest and every series that we're recording, there's always, mm-hmm. we could probably talk about each topic for years right Mm -hmm. there's so much um and then with each person for years that like just one person's experience has so much to offer Mm -hmm. um wonderful so you know for the people who are resonating with what you're saying or wanting to connect with you further about what you're speaking on um how can people reach you or connect with you online sure um you know um also I did think of one thing that was mm -hmm. a facet. Um, So first off uh, people like, you know, I tried to have a, I tried to have a website back when I was a coach and doing things. And it was just like always so like too static for me. Um, It needed to be like my, this journey of mine is pretty, um, 
is like pretty is like in the moment and alive. And so like I needed a space to be able to express myself in that way. And Facebook for better or for worse has been a space that's allowed me to do that in a way that also inspires um, more dialogue. Like I try, I, I am on Instagram um, at Byron go stop and you can message me there, but I don't really use it as much. I know a lot of people who are there on Instagram, but not on Facebook anymore. <clears throat> um, and I haven't delved into other things. And mostly it's like I uh, into TikTok or anything like that. And even though people are like, yeah, you should share your thoughts, whatever. I mean, um, if people if people literally want to copy and paste my Facebook post into an Instagram post, they're more than happy to. But I just know that when I post something, it's coming. I try and like make it as human as possible. Mm -hmm. And as soon as my brain gets in, it becomes an ego thing mm -hmm. and it changes it. And so like, I have to just kind of like, let it be what it is. Um, and so people can find me on Facebook. All the, all of my stuff is public. Byron go, um, you know, it says I work at Burning Man and um, it says um, one of my other names is Haven. So you can find me that way. Um, super easy. Um, and you could like follow me or if you actually want to get to know me, um, I'm only Facebook friends with people that I actually know. So we could actually get to know each other. Um, the one thing that I didn't mention um, was that um, one of the main themes, and I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to the other, you know, uh, people who are also Asian males, you know, like mm -hmm. that's like the stereotype, or whatever, you know, uh, we're the least, uh, you know, like there's that statistic that maybe, you know, it's like, Okay, Cupid did a study years ago. Yeah. Black women and Asian males are like the least likely to find matches. Right. And when that happened, when that was put out there, I was like, oh shit, that's that's real. Like that feels like me. Like, wow, you've just said something that feels like it's part of my truth. And I'm like, I don't know if it's true or not, but like that feels resonant. Yeah. And I and so there's the the desexualization mm -hmm. of Asian males in our society, the hypersexualization of Asian uh, women, Asian mm -hmm. females, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's obviously problematic in, in a whole other way. Mm -hmm. But uh, but but since this is my experience and I wanna like kind of put it out there for the other people that identify with this as well, that desexualization um, really freaking sad, um, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and real. And, right. and I want to just say like, you know, Hey, like it's, it's not all of us. It's mm -hmm. not everyone, but it's enough that, you know, it makes you question yourself. It makes mm -hmm. you wonder if that's your deal. It makes you mm -hmm. uh, wonder like when you're in these faceless apps, if mm -hmm. that's happening to you or not, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think a lot of people don't even, don't even, you know, realize that that's, mm -hmm. you know, that that's happened. And there's a lot of cultural reasons behind it, but I mean, it's, 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 there's a train mm -hmm. in the background, okay. totally agreeing with me. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I mean, like, it's, it's a big deal to be like, yeah, when I watched Crazy Rich Asians, was one of the first times I had ever seen somebody who looked like me, who was a romantic lead. Like, that's a, that's weird. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, like, like, you know, I was like in my late thirties and like, it had been like, almost four decades and I had never really seen somebody who looked like me and sounded like me who fell in love with somebody else mm. on screen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
what? Like, you know, so, so, so that makes sense to me. And I think it bears being, there's mm-hmm. a, like a lot to be said about it. Um, there, there is a, um, there's an episode on a podcast. It's an NPR podcast and I'm not sure if it's Invisibilia or if it's this American life or something, but there's one called a very offensive rom-com mm-hmm. and it's about a woman who is a, of, of uh, East Asian heritage who basically goes on a journey of understanding her own sort of internalized racism and bias um, against even like other Asian males and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. that was, that was a really, it was really great to hear. Um, and I've shared it with people that I know who are like trying to understand mm-hmm. um, what I'm even talking about. Right. Cause if you haven't mm-hmm. lived it, then it's like, kind of like you might get it and you really might not. Right. You know, so yeah. I just want, but I want to like represent that out there. Cause that's real. Yeah. And like, you know, romantic and 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 partnership relationships are sort of especially in this culture um like very you know they're they're central to uh, a lot of um how we get to even be in the world right so it's this like big achilles heel you know Mm -hmm. it's like on the one hand you can be this like titan of industry but like but you feel like you're invisible in the eyes of dating you know what i mean right um that's that's a huge deal and i just want to be able to i just want to point that out so that people can heal around it instead of trying instead of creating more trauma responses and compensation for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, f- I think the the theme or something that's is like what you're saying and and everything you've said today has been this visibility and pushing back against the invisibility in so many places and i'm so glad you brought that piece especially forward um in this episode um so it is it is (laughs) yeah so um now it's time for our final little wrap-up of our fire round um oh god i forgot that you were yeah okay (laughs) so it uh barthi will will be asking you a series of questions and just you know answer as uh Get ready, get ready, get yourself prepared. <laughs> it's not that intense, the right? It's not, yeah. yeah like it's the, not that serious. Like before, totally. Like the Pisces in me is like, just just drop the call. Drop the call. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna try and they're gonna ask you blue or red, and you're not you're gonna be like, I have a different answer. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. I think I think you'll like it. <laughs> it's okay if there is, it's fine. <laughs> All right. So, uh, obviously, fire round. Just answer first thing that comes to comes to mind. Okay. Um, what are you afraid of? Um, uh, hurting people. Mm. Yeah. What gets you up in the morning? <laughs> I ask that like every morning. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Cause it's like not a lot. Like I don't actually know the answer yet. I mean, like the, the, the cool glib answer is like uh, serving people, blah, blah, blah. But like literally in that moment to get up, I don't actually know. And I've been listening really keenly um, mm-hmm. for what my friend calls um, 
a morning spark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I imagine I'll, I'll, I'll actually experience it one day. That's cool. Um, fill in the blank. Freedom is. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is liberation, but that mm-hmm. just sounds like a synonym. Um, I mean, freedom is actually having choices and knowing what those choices even are to have them in the first place. What are you reading, listening to, or watching these days? Hmm. Well, um, I like to savor things um, that I'm reading. And so I'm reading a few things at once. that I'm just like taking in bit by bit. Uh, Sand Talk um, by I think his name is Tyson Yunkaporta. Um, it's about indigenous or Aboriginal cultural like sort of ways. It's been really res- resonant so far. Um, mm-hmm. A fiction trilogy um, starting with the book of the unnamed midwife, which was recommended to me by a trusted friend. And I started reading it and it was such a surprise to not even know what it was about. And it's really amazing. Um, and, um, and the overstory by Richard Powers, which is probably the only thing that I'm currently consuming that was made by uh, a white man, but that was recommended to me also by a dear, dear friend. And that has been be- a beautiful story sort of at the, from the, from the, at the speed of trees, Right in a world that's at the speed of computers and at the speed of humans, this one's at the speed of trees, and mm-hmm. I think that's been really beautiful. Um, I just watched The Handmaid's Tale, the last, mm-hmm. the, the first coming episodes of that, and um, that's just searing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, too close to home for some pe- folks, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, really nice. But really nice for me because I'm not because I'm because I'm male. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's something that all the men that I know should watch mm-hmm. for real. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, this is us. Mm. Um, I keep trickling that one because that yeah. one's um, just the only the only show that's ever made me um, fully cry. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, every episode. This is us. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the thing is like I don't cry, and like there was one episode, like there's two episodes now ever. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not just like uh, choking up or that's like a little, little tear because that was like my experience of crying. But literally I watched an episode and I started to Ball. sob and yeah. I kept sobbing and I was just like, this is crying. Like, it's kind of like, like, yeah. it was like me trying to like kind of discover my morning spark. This is me. Like, I'm just doing things that are, that like get me close and maybe one day I will. And that yeah. was where I found it. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Oh, and podcast wise, I would say for real, listen to Undistracted with Brittany Packett Cunningham. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, a lot of people don't even know it exists. I didn't even know who she was, but they know her from Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it is timely and timeless. In, it's about justice. Mm. Um, and it's, so it's like every week she talks about what happened that week, whether it's Insurrection okay. or, or Dante Wright, but then also she has an interview with somebody um, and, you know, like it's Tracy Ellis Ross or it's mm-hmm. like Cory Bush or, you mm-hmm. know, you know, like these, these amazing people who mm-hmm. you want to hear from. So, wow. um, cool. 
those are those are that's 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 what I, that's that's my packet right now. Okay, mm-hmm. nice. Not um, so lightning, but. <laughs> and the last um, the last question is: What's your fir- uh, first and second favorite curse word? First and second. It's because like everyone's like everyone's like fuck. Yes. Um, <laughs> you got it. Um, exactly. Do I even the glib response is like the one that comes out of my mouth. Um, but um because I don't think about cursing very often. Uh also be a uh, made-up curse word <laughs> yeah give me this is not these are like i'm gonna just take this in a totally different direction you know something that That's i do okay. like that i love is um i don't know if you do this as well but like especially with younger people i say this is like you know like i'm not an older person you know like looks like what old people say but like you get in these text conversations where like the 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 grammar and the spelling like it's like they almost like melt into each other and devolve and you use words like small like smol and you use words like snake snek instead of snake yeah yeah and i just there's just something so precious about how that feels like it's happening in like almost like collect like uh conversion of like we're all evolving in this mm-hmm. together and and like if you were to try to explain it to somebody else it's just like it's dumb but it's like so it feels so good that like that you're like and you're just like you just know you notice when like the the language get goes from being like very like distinct and specific and you trust you know the other person like can can speak in compound right. sentences and, right. and, and has autocorrects, right? You right. know that about them. And then it's so cool. Cause you just are like, you just like, what is, what is this? You know, and it's just like, you know, yes. it just it's like meme so language. Good. You're speaking meme language. It's like, it's like yeah. meme, it is like meme language. It is like, so it's like live memeing each other. Live <laughs> memeing each other. <laughs> Right, it's like yeah. a tiny ass way that we're live memeing each other. It's like yeah, I do this and, to and my and dog. <laughs> like my dog does something silly, and I'm like, "Why you do this?" Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And I think that's also a part of it for sure. I know totally people do that with their animals because it's easier <laughs> to do. But I love being able to do it with people, and then mm. they get it. They're not yeah. just like, "Yes, did you have a stroke?" <laughs> like they're like, they understand. Like, they then they understand, and then they respond. And yeah, it evolves or devolves in yet another different way, and it's just like, <laughs> like melting together. It's great. I fucking yeah. love that. Yeah, those are my favorite curse words. I don't even. They're not even curses. Blessings. the opposite of a curse. That's yeah. totally fine. <laughs> wow, I loved Thanks. it. Uh, thank you so much, Byron, yeah. for being with us here and for sharing what you're unfolding right now yeah. um, and your journey so far. Um, we yeah. really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really, um, I just resonated so much with what you were talking about and what you're discovering about yourself. I think that it's such a beautiful journey that you're on right now. I love that you're trying to discover what your spark is for the morning, you know, your morning spark is. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, I just 
be honest, you know, about it. It's like, I think, well, like, I, yeah, I have an answer. I have a canned answer, but I'm like, the real honest answer is like, I'm not yeah. really sure right now. And I feel like it's probably a really good and sacred thing to, to listen. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. And that's the whole you. point of the thank podcast. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. And I do recommend to all our listeners, I am friends with Byron on Facebook and I enjoy reading his posts. Um, <laughs> they're, just, I mean, your perspective and the way you write, even just the quality of your writing and the flow. Um, it's just uh, a real, it's an experience, which is different for most things on Facebook. Um, so mm-hmm. I, yeah, I highly recommend. So thank you, Byron. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Barthi. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, thank everyone. So I appreciate everyone listening and who's here with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Unfolding Sharp Corners. We consider this a community space where we can learn together. If you want to share your insights, questions, or feedback, we invite you to click the link in the episode description. We're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. And follow us on Instagram at Unfolding Sharp Corners. Make sure to leave a review so we can continue to explore more corners with you. See you soon.